Hello Fay Ones and welcome to December and our December podcast for Fairy Cosmology. When I last spoke with you it was um, just before the Mercury transit in November and at the time I said to you that I would be back and I didn't know what the topic would be. However, uh, I'm here now and I can tell you that the topic for today is in fact uh, about the fairy cosmology universe and the greater picture of humanity moving forwards. So welcome everybody, welcome to Fairy Cosmology episode 3. December 2019 is underway officially, it is the 2nd of December here in New Zealand and we are but weeks away from the end not only of the year but of the decade and that will mark 20 years since the change of millennium and an exciting 20 years I think it has been for many of us although I suspect like myself most listeners uh, will account for some at least of those changes and experiences being unexpected and unplanned such as the way of being a human and there is a famous Arabic quote may you live in interesting times and indeed we do so December is upon us and as we hurtle towards the new decade I want us to look at how we perceive through our imagination and the relationship of imagination to reality and to the fairy and elemental realms. As humans, we all have a form of imagination. Some people are more active in their creative mind than others. I have recently had drawn to my attention by the spirit world the relationship between what people imagine and the creation of form. The example I'm going to use is from the entertainment world. And it's one of several examples that have been highlighted to me in the last month. So I had a vision with my third eye one night of a beast, which is a beast I had never seen before. And that is not unusual for me to see and experience beings of creation that are not readily known across humanity. For the universe is a very vast space. This being appeared and I looked at it and I thought, oh, I haven't seen anything like that before. Well, that's not unusual. How interesting. And the next day, the latest episode of The Mandalorian aired on Disney+. Plus. If you don't know what The Mandalorian is, it's a Star Wars TV show 
and you can check it out on Disney Plus if you're interested. In this particular episode, the Mandalorian is sent to retrieve an egg that is being held. Uh, well, it's the egg that belongs to a beast, and he is tasked with going and getting this egg off this creature. And it doesn't really matter about the story itself because it's not the point of what I'm talking about. What I want to highlight is that when I saw the beast that the Mandalorian was retrieving the egg from, it was the beast that I had seen in my mind's eye the night before. Now, this is a completely original creation designed by the Disney people, and no, I had not seen any trailers for the show <laughs> for critics out there. <laughs> and that is one of several instances that have been highlighted to me about all that we imagine and we create forming a part of the fabric of our universe, the fabric of our reality. This is a, an interesting topic for me and a relevant topic for all of us because we are at a point now where the world is going to change and we get to choose how it changes. So our imagination and our ability to create a vision of that will be a heavy influence on how we proceed as a planet. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the book Silver Wheel, The Lost Teachings of the Deerskin book. It's written by Ellen Tompkins. And if you're interested in learning about this book, you can find it on Amazon or on the Book Depository online. This book is the most mature telling of the elemental fairy experience that I've read so far. Most imagination that I've encountered and most experiences that I have encountered from books and storytelling that people have had around the fairy and elemental world has been limited. Now, the people who've contributed to our awareness of it have all been very sincere and I think have drawn a lot of interest and given us a lot of information that the general public didn't know. But once you move away from Celtic uh, and other ancestral mythology, a lot of what I would call the current modern day version is very, very Disney-like. So your likes of Doreen Virtue and Louise Hay who are famous for their books and their teachings, which include topics around fairies, elementals, angels, and so on, have added to the topic, 
but they have done it within an imaginary constraint. And it's not that those things aren't real because I believe they are, but to me it's only one speck of that universe. It's one small part of it. And my experience of the fairy and elemental realm has been and continues to be much more round, much more diverse, much more multifaceted. And so I was very drawn to the Silver Wheel book because it's by far the most unique blend of mythology with vision. And by vision, I mean astral travel, shamanistic German journeying, uh, visions, third eye experience, uh, inter-realm, multidimensional uh, exploration. And so I'd like to encourage people who are really connected to this topic and have had their own experiences of the fairy and elemental realms to delve into this book if you haven't yet. And I think that the more we learn about what being human is and what this planet is truly about, our relationship to how we imagine and how we create is going to shift. It's becoming more profound and I think people are talking about it, but they're talking about it in a way that is still focused very much within a definition which is limited. So, you know, a lot of people talk about fulfilling your dreams and fulfilling your potential and creating your dreams. And within that field of expertise, people will often refer to imagining what it is that you want, feeling what you desire, aligning your heart. That's great. And I have my own version of doing that. What I'm referring to, though, is moving beyond the idea that when we imagine to create something, that is different from imagination as a whole. Humans are operating on many levels. We have a physical body, an emotional body, a mental body, and then we have other bodies. Even if you limit your expression just to the four primary subtle bodies, 
there is plenty of scientific evidence that the relationship between the mind and the body and the emotions on the body and the body are much more interwoven than people acknowledge. In meditation, we teach students how the mind can and the body cannot tell the difference between what is real and what is imaginary. That's why when you go to the movies or read a book, you have reactions to it. Your body physically and emotionally and mentally reacts to that. That's why when you come home from a busy day, your mind processes everything that's taken place. Because the impact of the body and the nervous system is exactly the same whether you hit your head against a shelf or you imagine you hit your head against a shelf. If you're clear in your imaginational experience of it, the body's reaction to it, the mind's reaction to it, and the emotional reaction to it will be exactly the same. And I'm going to give you an example that we used, uh, that I got taught as a meditation teacher. We use as part of our training uh, when people first come to meditate and we take them through the exercises of how do you meditate. So I'm going to borrow from that just to give you a, a really simple example right now, something that is very tangible. So I want you to, right now, hold your right hand out in front of you. Or your left hand if you're left-handed like me. And I want you to imagine that there is in your hand a slice of lemon. And I want you to take that lemon and I want you to put it in your mouth and bite on it. So what happens to your body when you do that? Did you have a physical reaction? Did your mouth start to water? Did you have any sensations of flavour? Did your mind react to the physical reaction of the body? We are what we create. Our awareness of this is about to expand and transform. There is a lot of dialogue taking place on Gaia. A lot of dialogue about creation, the health of the planet, the environment, politics, people's rights, you name it, it's up for discussion. And I really, really, really want to encourage everybody who's listening to this to become aware or become more aware at how you engage into those conversations. 
find your inner discernment around the subtle difference between what we're being told and what the potential is. There are a lot of people who have insights and experience who are offering up solutions and ideas and belief systems around what we can do as a planet. And I refer to here the direction of where we're going because the planet is out of balance. Now, as a fae fairy, we are powerful in our ability to create our world. In every moment of existence, there is infinite potential. And within that infinite potential, there is direction or directions that are more likely than others because of what we have created up to that point, what we have framed as our experience up to that point, what our ability is to imagine up to that point. And we are still very much making decisions and choices based within a program of operation that is just another variation of what we have always done. Now the path from imagination to physical creation is a whole topic onto its, into itself. What I'm encouraging here is for you as a listener to become aware of how your imagination creates your world and to recognise within that that there's an opportunity for you to imagine differently. And within that, then see that everything that can be imagined already exists. If you can imagine it, it's there, it's real. Now, it may not be real in the physical realm, it may not be something that you can go and touch, just like that imaginary slice of lemon. You can go and pick a lemon off the tree if you choose to, but the lemon in that moment was not a physical lemon that you could put in your mouth and provide nutrients to your body from. And yet, in activating your molecules your body begins to make a chemical reaction to that experience. In our imagination, 
as children, we think it's real. You know, parents talk about how their children can't tell the difference. And maybe because on a certain level, we are aware that everything that we imagine exists in some form of reality, in some realm of existence, it takes place. So from a fairy and cosmology perspective, I'm encouraging us to reimagine our own preconceived notions of what the fairy and elemental realm is. What is it made up of and what is it about? Everything that has been written to date has formed a dialogue of, constru of construction about what a fairy looks like, how it behaves, why is it here. And I too have seen in my third eye fairies who fit a similar description as some of those I have read. But I can also share that I have seen many, many, many beings that nobody has described to me. And so where are we going? What are we creating? Why is the fairy and elemental realm here? What is that about? Why does it exist? What's its role in the planet? It's a topic that invites discussion of joy because we connect fairies with mythology and we connect fairies with modern mythology such as your Disney Tinkerbell, for example. And then we have books like The Silver Wheel, The Lost Teachings of the Deerskin Book, which invites us to reconnect into those mythological roots and recognise a much deeper truth in who the fairy and elemental realm are and their role in our creation. I would like to suggest to you that the fairy and elemental realm is critical for the survival of the planet. That the fairy and elemental realm are part of the creation process itself. That they weave the fabric that we imagine into existence. And they hold an imagination themselves which forms part of that weaving. So think of it as a magic tapestry, if you choose, or a song of creation. 
a remembering and a forgetting. It is a form of magic. So what is the world that you're imagining? And how do you perceive the fairy and elemental realms? Are they real for you? Are they a topic that you enjoy because it brings you pleasure, but you don't perceive them as really existing? My experience is that they are very real and play an active role in my everyday existence. So that's the topic of imagination and fairy elemental creation. There is a rich, rich tapestry of discussion that can be had around how we create, how we use our minds and our bodies to create, and that relationship between the imaginary and the physical manifestation. That's a topic for another day. Today was really about inviting you to reconsider the impact of your relationship to your ability to imagine what is real, to imagine, to create, to be an artist, to be a creator. At the end of this month, we are moving into 2020. And the key words that Spirit have given me for the next year are seminal, that the year will be seminal. And also they're calling it the year of clear vision. that we will see more clearly or perhaps equally there will be those who do see clearly and those who are blinded and those who do see clearly will become increasingly aware of how blinded we are. And when you see how blind we have become, you have a choice about what you want to create moving forward. And what you want to create moving forward will be the foundation of the next decade on earth. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have all the answers on day one, 
doesn't mean that you need to know everything that's going to happen. But it does mean there's an incredible opportunity for you to begin to evoke an awareness within you to choose differently. And I'd encourage you to explore with imagination what those potentials could be. Now on the planet at this time, there is a lot of environmental distress. There is a lot of conversation around weather patterns and our impact on that. And I'd like you to consider how your belief systems and your reactions to your environment impact the weather patterns. This is connected to imagination. It's also connected to taking responsibility for our own emotions, our own reactions, our own physical bodies. And that, look, there are plenty of people who are giving us lots of amazing information, advice and solutions to resolve pollution. So I'm not focusing into that area, but there are other people who are experts at that. I'm going to be talking about the creation of this planet from a etheric level. I work with Gaia. I work with Gaia to help her shift energies, frequencies and vibrations and beings that are in a lower dense energy who are experiencing suffering. And I help her shift those resonances out of her and through her so that they can be transmuted and cleared. And so I am very aware of the relationship between environmental change and weather patterns and what we are doing collectively and individually to work with ourselves to release. And what I'm encouraging here is that you too can support Gaia in this way. You don't have to have any special talent or ability on a most simplistic level, something that you can do every day. And I have mentioned this before and I'm going to keep mentioning it because it's just so simple and everybody can do it, is when you become aware, even if you just do it once a day, have an intention, fill your being with light and love and give 
say I have the intent, I give the intent to send light and love to Gaia so that she can send it where it is most required. You don't have to take any control. She knows what she's doing. You can also utilize that same tool to work with storms and other environmental events. So some environmental events, most people don't know they're going to happen in advance. So things like earthquakes. So if you don't know it's going to happen, there's nothing you can do. If you are somebody like myself who tunes in and works with Gaia and is often called to release energy leading into these events, then that's a different kind of role. And you'll know if that's you, you'll know that. It will resonate with you. For most people, though, um, you are dealing with known events. So that's firstly why I recommend that when you're sending love and light that you simply send it to Gaia and let her choose because she knows more about what's going on on her and in her than you do. Secondly, um, you can, however, if you know that, for example, that there is a forecast for a hurricane somewhere on the planet that's getting media attention, you can request to send light and love to help transmute and lift that. You can also request fairy and elementals um, of creation from the higher realms of light and love to support that process. And they will work with Gaia. Same with dragons. Well, dragons are part of the elemental world who can come in and help support that. So Gaia is changing. Our world is changing. We are coming out of a long, 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 very long period of being on a planet in a place that has been very dense and low vibration. It is a change of era. You think the Iron Age, the Industrial Age, the Bronze Age. Some people are referring to this transition as the new age of information. Some of others are referring it to the age of reckoning. Yet others again are referring it to the age of uh, the golden light. There are many different terms out there. But it is a time of big change and 2020 is going to be a seminal year for that transition. It's a year of incredible opportunity to see clearly and choose differently. Thank you everybody for tuning in. As you can see, each one of these podcasts is unique in its tone, its conversation. It is all, however, part of the fairy cosmology. And when we transition into the new year, I will be introducing new topics for 2020. 
and watch this space. There is a lot, lot more for us to delve into. I am very much at this point just doing broad strokes for the audience, big picture, broad strokes, sometimes with specific information, for example, the Comet Borisov, but always drawing big topics because I want to create a foundation first before we dive into some of the more uh, unusual topics that we can cover. So thank you once again for joining me. It's a, a complete delight to spend time channeling and sharing information through to you. I am working on behalf of Gaia, the cosmos, and the white goddess. And I would just like to say thank you, everybody. I really, truly wish you a beautiful celebration to the end of this year. And may you raise your glasses if you celebrate New Year's. And in your heart and your soul, wish upon a star for a new, beautiful planet and hope and opportunity for you all. Thank you very much, everybody, and I will be seeing you soon.